Welcome to another episode of the Al Hakam Inspire podcast. Now, if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, and as a reminder for our regular listeners, this is a knowledge-based podcast exploring inspiring research and ideas with our guests across various fields of science, medicine, history, politics, and religion, and where applicable, the Islamic inspiration is discussed. Now, the podcast is available on YouTube, Spotify, or podcasting platforms, and is also played on the Voice of Islam UK radio. Be sure to check out our social media, Twitter and Instagram, at al Inspire. Now, on today's episode, you're joined by myself, Dr. Hasham Ahmed, and we're discussing embryology in the Holy Quran. Now, if you're watching the podcast on YouTube or listening to it on Spotify, you can switch on the video element as we have some slides that are available for visual aid for this podcast in particular. Let us know what you think about this format and if you enjoy it, we can utilize it in the future as well. Now, this area of embryology in the Holy Quran is an area of personal interest to myself. Now, this this area of research was initiated under the um, Holy Quran and Science Project, which was under the Ahmadiyya Muslim Youth Association in 2015, and was also presented at the Ahmadiyya Muslim Medical Association AGM conference in 2019. Now, it's worth referencing that a lot of the research and analysis that is presented today was taken from the five-volume commentary of the Holy Quran. Um, it's also worth referencing some of the analysis which was done by uh, non-Muslim professors such as Professor Keith Moore who has only recently passed away um, who was a Christian professor who also looked into the analysis and the form of presentation of embryology in the Holy Quran and compared it to current scientific analysis and what he found was that the analysis and the process described within the Holy Quran was in line with our current understanding. So this was an interesting concept presented by him. Now, there have been multiple scientists, Muslim researchers who have explored this topic in particular, and they've gone into great depth into the analysis of embryology presented in the Holy Quran. So by no means today am I going to be able to present that level of depth. But what I can do is give a brief summary of the process described within the Holy Quran and the verses that are um, discussed. Now, before we get into the discussion surrounding embryology, what is embryology and the process described in the Holy Quran, um, it's really important to discuss and highlight that the Holy Quran was revealed in the 7th century, well over 1400 years ago. And the degree of scientific accuracy, as you'll find with this topic in particular, but there are various other surrounding scientific phenomenon that are discussed, such as cosmology, physics, the expansion of the universe, and all these kind of surrounding theories that are discussed in the scientific world today have previously been mentioned with great depth and detail in the Holy Quran. It's Im impossible for an illiterate man, uh, as the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to have written this. And uh, this is why it's quite inspiring, because for me, as a Muslim scientist and a doctor, it shows me the truth of the Holy Quran on a personal level. So it's very faith inspiring for, for me. Now let's get into the topic of embryology. So embryology is the biology or the science and study of the development of the fetus within the mother's womb. And this is all the way from the stages of fertilization up until birth. And this process has been described within great depth within the Holy Quran. So 
in the first stages, it's almost divided and presented in the scientific community in different stages and people present it chronologically according to the weeks of development. Some people present it with the process of development of the different systems, such as the skeletal system, the respiratory system. But essentially looking at it very simply, it's in three stages. There's formation of the gametes and fertilization. Then there's the development of the embryo. Then there's the development of the fetus. Now, the way that I'm going to present this topic of embryology is through the process that's described within the Holy Quran. What's really, really interesting is that the process described within the Holy Quran is chronologically correct and very detailed. And there are certain key terms that I've highlighted just to make it a bit more simple that this is the process. So very, very clearly in the Holy Quran, there is a chronological process described. There's the process of nutfah which is fluid or a mingled sperm drop. There's the process of qarar and maqeen, which we'll go into a bit more detail, is about it refers to kind of fertilization, implantation. There's the process of alaqa, which is the clot and fashioning of the clot. There's the process of mudra, which is the lump of flesh or shapeless flesh, shapeless lump. Then, then there's the process of izam, which is bones and fashioning of the bones. And then there's the process of izam al-lahma, which is clothing the bones with flesh. And then there's a process referred to as a period of development. And we'll go into a bit more detail, but <clears throat> in the beginning, what I'd like to do is just go over some of the verses that are discussed. And then we'll go through the process and gain an understanding as to exactly what is being discussed or inferred to by the Holy Quran. Now, in chapter 40, verse 68, I'm not going to go into kind of the Arabic or the full English translation, but I'll highlight some of the key terms just because of the limitation of time. So in chapter 40, verse 68, um, God Almighty states, He it is who has created you from dust, then from sperm drop, then from a clot, then he brings you forth as a child. It's very straightforward there is the dust to sperm drop, then a clot, then brings you forth as a child. And in chapter 39, verse, uh, verse 7, uh, God Almighty states, He creates you in the wombs of your mother's creation after creation through three stages of darkness. Very interesting. Three stages of darkness. Now, chapter 75, verses 38 to 41. I think it's worth going through this. This uh, God Almighty states, Was he not a drop of fluid emitted forth? Then he became a clot. Then he shaped and perfected him. Then he made of him a pair the male and female. Now, that's very interesting, very specific there. So a drop of fluid emitted forth, then became a clot, then shaped and perfected, and then uh, sort of reference to the, the gender. Um, in chapter 76, verse 3, uh, God Almighty states, we have created man from a mingled sperm drop that we might try him. It was really interesting. Mingled sperm drop is very specific. And um, we'll go into this in a bit more detail as well, but, but it's not just fluid. It's, it's very specific, mingled sperm drop. Again, in chapter 22, verse 6, um, God Almighty states, We have indeed created you from dust, then from a sperm drop, then from clotted blood, then from a lump of flesh, partly formed and partly unformed, in order that we may make our power manifest to you. And when we cause what we will to remain in the wombs for an appointed term, then we bring you forth as babies. So you can see that there's 
specific process that it, that's being described over and over again from dust to a sperm drop to clotted blood and then in this verse in particular there's a bit more detail about the lump of flesh partly formed partly unformed and then there's a period of development again referred to uh, at the end of this verse in chapter 23 verses 14 to 15 again you'll find a similar kind of understanding it says then we fashioned the sperm into a clot then we fashioned the clot into a shapeless lump. Then we fashioned the bones out of this shapeless lump. Then we clothed the bones with flesh and we developed it into another creation. Very interesting because, again, we're finding more and more detail going into this specific process, which is unchanged, un unchanged over and over again in the Holy Quran. There is reference to a specific process that's being described. Now, the key thing here is, is this process correct? What is being described? What what do the Arabic terminologies mean? And it's very interesting that a lot of our understanding and scientific kind of uh, discovery surrounding embryology has only come into kind of the recent, recent years. Um, certainly 1400 years ago, you know, the, the most we knew about these kind of terms were, were very limited and our understanding of this, this process was very limited. Now, with regards to the term nutfa, which is the mingled sperm drop, it's very interesting that in, within the five volume commentary, um, the second caliph of the Hindi Muslim community discusses the, the mixture the mixture of several things. When you break down this kind of uh, the Arabic terms used, the nutfa and the amshaj, uh, the Arabic word used here is nutfatin amshaj, which essentially means a mixture of several things. And when we look at the components of semen or seminal fluid, it is definitely a mixture of different proteins, enzymes, um, fats, and of course the the spermatozoa. So it's very interesting that the accuracy described within the holy quran that this is not like we you know we mentioned before it doesn't just say fluid it very specifically says nutfatin amshaj which is a mixture of fluid um and looking at this in a bit more detail it's very interesting to see this kind of comparison with our current understanding of of what is the components of of, of semen today now the next stage or the next process mentioned in the holy quran is the qararim makin now just to, again as a disclaimer these processes are not um you know described by every muslim researcher in the same way this is just the chronological process that i'm trying to follow uh whilst researching the holy quran and the more i research on a personal level um the more i found that i'm just touching the tip of the iceberg and there's so much more into this now the next process described is qararim makin so this could be referred to as two processes. One is fertilization and the second is implantation. When you break down the the Arabic surrounding this, qararim makin refers to something that has settled or established. And the makin element, if you look at that in particular, there's a reference to an understanding that there is authority or power over this thing. And it's very interesting because looking at this in particular, we can understand that the process described could refer to fertilization 
Now, looking at the process of fertilization, this is exactly what occurs where you have the sperm which settles into the ovum, which is the female reproductive cell, and forms something called the zygote. And just going back to the Arabic text, you know, something that has settled or established and then an inference towards the authority or power over something. So essentially what happens is you have this process of fertilization, which could be what is being referred to here and that progresses and and forms the, the zygote now the zygote progresses and differentiates and forms the morula now it's worth not going into too much detail of the kind of scientific terminology and if you're watching on youtube then you'll be able to see these kind of diagrams but essentially what happens is that the morula reaches the uterine cavity and then implantation occurs where it settles into the wall and implants itself within the the wall of the, the the uterine cavity and placental formation begins but this implantation is again with reference to this authority or power over something which or settling and establishing itself so if you look at the similarities there it's very interesting the next stage that's being described is very very interesting is called the alaka which is the um, clotted blood as derived from and, and it has several meanings. Um, if you look at the kind of commentary of the Holy Quran um, and the analysis of the Arabic, it states that it's it's referred to as something which is stuck or clung or adhered to, so, something which is kind of clingy and, and thick. Alaq um, also means, you know, uh, thick clotted blood. And um, this is kind of, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that there's some diagrams kind of depicting this with our current understanding of embryology. And you can see again that there's a chronological correctness within the process that's described, because once this process occurs, it then forms this clotted blood or congealed blood. And, uh, you know, there's reference towards its fashioning in one of the, the um, verses of the Holy Quran, uh, chapter 23, verse 15, God Almighty states, then we fashioned the sperm into a clot, and then we fashioned the clot into a shapeless lump. And again, that's essentially, according to um, our current understanding of embryology, it becomes this congealed blood, which again signifies another attachment or connection with, with something else. Um, if you look at the kind of Arabic, uh, the commentary analysis states that he made it according to a certain measure or design. Or, for example, God produced or created or brought into existence a thing or being without there being any previously existing pattern or model or similitude and essentially the endometrium the, the the next process that happens is that the blood vessels begin to form and there's the placenta which forms then there's differentiation of the cells and the blastocyst becomes something called a trophocyst, which then becomes a chorion. Essentially, what you're getting is this shapeless lump, which is forming. Um, but each each kind of section has a purpose. There's the blood supply going to the fetus, which is actively forming. And um, then there's the surrounding environment, which is forming for, for the, the shapeless lump at the moment. Um, and then there's kind of the placenta, which is taking shape and forming its own blood supply. So it's very interesting to, to kind of understand this process. And the next process described is referred to the Arabic term of mudra, which essentially means a lump of flesh. Um, when we look at this Arabic 
kind of uh, analysis, this is exactly what you get, a chewed up lump. So we've got a shapeless lump becoming more of a chewed up lump. So it's starting to say, take some form of development. And again, the, the specificity within the Holy Quran um, describing the process again proves to be chronologically correct and very detailed as well. Uh, the next process that's described is the Azama Lahma. Then we clothed the bones with flesh. And looking at the verse in particular, we fashioned bones out of this shapeless lump. Then we clothed the bones with flesh and we developed it into another creation. When you look at the kind of weeks three um, onwards, you have formation of different kind of systems within the the fetus. So you have formations of uh, the germ cell layers, the neural tube, which is known as neurulation, that process occurs, and there's the, the development of the cardiovascular system. Um, but what happens is that these layers are split into ectoderm, mesoderm, endoderm. And again, we're getting into a lot of detail here, but I'm trying to keep this as simple as possible. What happens is that from the ectoderm layer, you get progression and formation of the the bones, the skeletal system, the bones, the muscles, the, the skin. And that process occurs. And the next step between the fourth and the sixth week is you get the head and tail fold, which is, if, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see some pictures of, of exactly what is being described. But the, the first we had this clotted, shapeless lump, which then became kind of a chewed up lump, which has now developed with the skeletal system into a, a different forming kind of uh, lump essentially um, but it's starting to take more and more um, figure of a fetus or a, towards a baby and the process that's described after this is then we clothe the bones with flesh shaped and perfected and that's exactly what we find over the coming weeks. Between weeks five, six, seven, and eight, you get the um, hind limb buds forming, and essentially you get the formation of all your kind of limbs and the spine as well. So this begins to form and occur. And by week eight, you've got a clothed baby-like um, fetus, which is starting to take more and more shape of of, of a normal human being. Um. Now, between weeks four to eight, another thing occurs, which is the heart starts to beat on day 24. There are multiple processes taking place at the same time, but it's very interesting, that the process that's described within the Holy Quran, because it, it seems to be showing that one thing occurs after another um, with very specific kind of uh, guidance. And and if this the Holy Quran is true and was revealed uh, 1400 years ago, the detail described within the Holy Quran is highly accurate. Now, following this, there's the process which is described as, um, and we caused what we will to remain in the wombs for an appointed term. So there's the pre-embryonic phase, the embryonic phase, and then there's the fetal phase, which is 9 to 40, which is essentially a pro the, the phase where all of these systems that have been kind of derived from the ectoderm, the endoderm, the mesoderm. So from the endoderm, you tend to get the um, the gastrointestinal system and the uh, cardiovascular system working. And then the ectoderm, you have the skeletal system, the muscular system, and the, the skin forming. And all of these processes, whilst they're occurring, they remain in the womb and they develop until they're kind of um, mature enough to, to function outside of the womb. 
Now you can see that there's a whole process that's described within the Holy Quran and it's very specific. There are many other verses looking into the aspect of embryology, which I haven't been able to touch upon today. But you can see that I've only been able to touch the tip of the iceberg and perhaps present the introduction to embryology in the Holy Quran. Um, and there's so much more detail that's described with further analysis of the Arabic text, the the complete kind of verses and process described within the Holy Quran is very fascinating to gain this understanding that this book was revealed 1400 years ago. You know, as we mentioned, the Holy Quran was revealed in the 7th century and the observation of the mammalian ovum was confirmed in 1827 um, by von Baer. And prior to that, there was no clear scientific understanding of embryology. And it was in the late 1950s when ultrasound was first used for uterine scanning. So there are particular kind of stages of physical development which correspond with the spiritual um, stages of development as well, the development of the soul. And um, this is also an area worth looking into. In chapter 22, verse 6, and in chapter 23, verse uh, 15, God Almighty gives this reference to, we may make our power manifest to you. And uh, in the next verse, he states that uh, then we developed it into another creation. So blessed be Allah, the best of creators. And whether that's referring to the aspect of spiritual development, the development of the soul and how that has matured and differentiated us from other creation is, is also an area worth exploring. So I'd, I'd like to come to, to the end of the, the presentation and the podcast and just reference the words of the promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed of Qadian. Now he states that if the Holy Quran had been limited in its eternal truths and insights, it would have amounted to a perfect miracle. Beauty of composition is not a matter of miraculous nature of which can be appreciated by every literate and illiterate person. The clear miracle of the Holy Quran is the unlimited insights and fine points which it comprises. A person who does not admit this miracle of the Holy Quran is altogether deprived of knowledge of the Quran. He who does not believe in this miracle does not estimate the Quran as highly as it should be estimated and does not recognize God as he should be recognized and he does not honor the Holy Prophet peace be upon him as he should be honored. I think that's really important to mention there that the the level of detail discussed within the Holy Quran and the accuracy that's described within the process, the chronological correctness is very inspirational and very fascinating and points towards the truth of the Holy Quran. And it's something that is up for further research and further analysis. And I would encourage all Muslim researchers to explore various fields of interest within the Holy Quran. Um, there's, this is a fascinating book. By studying the Holy Quran, we may unlock further truths and understanding and allow for advancement in, in various different fields. Now, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to check out the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash inspire. Listen to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and catch up on voice of islam uk radio make sure to stay tuned for further episodes surrounding interesting and inspiring areas of research thank you for listening to the al hakam inspire podcast we hope you enjoyed it visit our socials on instagram twitter and youtube at al hakam inspire and of course subscribe to our youtube channel and leave your comments there 
We would love to hear your feedback and thoughts, so send us an email to inspire at alhakam.org.